If you would take your scriptures, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, we'll be reading verses 8 through 20. Luke 2, 8 through 20. Would you give ear to the reading of God's Word? Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the sayings which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let us pray. O Lord, our Father in heaven, we come to you this morning. We come to open your word and seek our understanding of how you sent your only begotten son into this world. We know you sent him to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. Help us to grow in our knowledge undergirding our faith. Take the truths of your word and pick us up and guide us to you. No greater gift has we been given than the word that draws us to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for giving us such knowledge. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. The birth of Jesus Christ is perhaps the most important event in all of history. Nothing in this world has changed the lives of men more than Christ's coming. Before he came, there was little empathy between men outside of their immediately associated together in families. There was no orphanages, no hospitals, no organizations dedicated to the care of anyone. If you lost your family and had trouble, you're on your own. It made the world a very hard place in which to live. With the coming of Jesus Christ and the message of love he brought, things began to change. Men were taught the concept of concern for others. Jesus came and did for men what none of them could ever do for themselves. He did not put a a big price tag on what he did either. It was given freely to all who would hear and believe. Not only was it all free and voluntarily done by Christ, it was monumental in its cost to him. Jesus came into this world as a God-man. He laid aside his, his glory and his place with the Father in heaven. 
to come into this world. This is inconceivable that Jesus would go from the perfection and glory at the side of his heavenly Father to the dark and lost side of his own creatures. There has never been, nor will there ever be, a greater display of condescension. He humbled himself beyond belief and became one with those he created. If that were not enough, he also submitted himself to the ridicule and torment of his own creatures. As they poured out their contempt upon him, even nailing him to a tree that they might kill him and destroy his works. What more could he give? He gave them grace and mercy in abundance. In that he looked, took upon himself the wrath of God, wrath that belonged to these very men who tormented him. He forgave them. He poured out his love on them, on the lost and dying of this world. That those who would hear his message and believe in his works could be saved and restored to the place for which they were created. Jesus came to show all men how to live their lives. How to live them in such a way as to bring glory to the one who created them. What a change this has made in this world in which we live. There are hospitals throughout the world. Orphanages and homes for all kinds of people who are down and out in every state in this nation and in many other nations. The message that men must show compassion to one another was heard and acted upon. The coming of Jesus Christ has changed the world for the better, not just for those who believe, but for all men. Charities abound in the world today, reaching out a helping hand to millions around the world. To those who are not Christian and to some who even hate Christianity. These charities are funded by the gifts of millions of people who have heard the message of grace and have responded to it. This morning, we're going to look at the results of the announcement of Christ's birth. I don't mean in in the overall sense of how it changed the world forever. As we have already stated that. But I wanted to talk to us about how willingly history has shown what has happened. This morning I wanted to look at how it changes individual lives. How it changes your life. The lives of the shepherds the lives of Mary and Joseph, the lives of the three wise men were changed. And your life can also be changed by this very powerful event. Our text this morning will be verses 15 through 20. We shall first see that this birth produced action on the part of those hearing about it. Then it authenticated that action through a change in their lives. Last, we shall examine the application it has for our lives. Now, there's an old saying that goes like this. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. The same thing is true of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can bring someone to the truth, but you cannot make them believe. How you handle the truth you receive is grounded in your heart. What you do with that truth will show others how strongly you believe. The scripture never says man is not responsible for what he does with the information given in the gospel. It tells you just the opposite. 
it makes clear man is responsible for what he does with the good news he receives. These shepherds have received important information. The question is what to do with it. What action does it produce? Now please remember, these men were not commanded by God to go find this baby. But it was clear that was why they were told so they could go and find him. Verses 15 through 16. So it was when the angels had gone away with them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. The key phrase here is when the angels had gone away. That is always, always the critical time just after you've received the truth. The thing they should do has been clearly implied. Will they do it? The minister delivers his sermon. Will the listeners take it to heart? The teacher gives the assignment. Will the student study? The doctor prescribes the medication. Will the patient follow his prescription? Well, these shepherds wasted no time. They were devout men, and they left their sheep and went to find this child. They understood that it was God himself through the angel that had spoken to them. They left immediately. There is no mention as to how long it took them to find the child. I think everyone just assumes this all took place very quickly, but you cannot say that for sure. Some seem to think these shepherds were in a field right next door to the stable in which Christ was born. The Greek text does not indicate that, but rather that they had some distance to go. Now, it says they were in the same country. So they were in the area of Bethlehem. But were they right there next door? It doesn't appear to be. The New King James translates it, let us now go to Bethlehem. A more literal translation of the Greek says, let us go over to Bethlehem. The construction indicates the need to cover some distance. So they went to Bethlehem to search for the child. The idea is it was no simple and easy task. It required effort and determination. Here we see that these men did not do this because they thought this will be easy. They determined to do it regardless of the cost of them personally. They left their sheep which for the shepherd of that day was considered a very bad thing. Sheep needed to be watched over because there were many predators that wanted to attack them. You must also remember this was the only means of support these men had. This is how they made their livelihood. If they lost any of these sheep, it was a loss to them. They put at risk everything to go and find this child. They saw the information they have been given as so important that nothing should stop them from following up on it. They conducted their search. They found Mary and Joseph with the child lying in a manger. Note, there's no mention as to how the baby is clothed, but that he is lying in a manger. Now, they were told he would be in swaddling clothes. They found the child laid in a manger in a stable and saw that the sign they were given was confirmed. They know that this is the child the angels told them about. What's the result of finding a great treasure? Have you ever lost anything and 
had to hunt for it a long time to find it, something that was very valuable. In Luke 15, 8 through 10, we have the parable of the lost coin. A woman loses a coin, and she diligently searches her whole house to find it. When she finds it, what does she do? She calls her friends and family to come over and celebrate with her. Christ, at the end of this parable, likens it to one sinner being saved and of the celebration that follows in heaven at the souls being brought in. This woman was happy over just finding one lost coin. Heaven rejoices over one sinner who is saved. These shepherds have found the greatest treasure ever promised in Scripture. They found the Messiah, the one sent to save the souls of God's people. What do people do when they find a great treasure? They want to shout from the rooftops that, that everyone might know. This is exactly what the shepherds begin to do. Verses 17 through 20. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. These shepherds wanted everyone to hear their story. They began to share with Mary and Joseph how the angel had appeared, how he was told them of the Christ child, and how it was confirmed by a great choir of angels. Their desire was to share the good news of great joy with others. This has always been true of men. If they have good news, they want to share it. In 2 Kings chapter 7, the Syrians had attacked and set siege to Samaria. God, through the prophet Elisha, told the king the siege would be over the next day. The Syrians, thinking they heard the Egyptian army coming, fled their camp, leaving everything behind. Four lepers found the Syrians' camp. At first, they began to gather up the things for themselves, and then they had a change of heart because they realized how great of news their find was. Listen to their reaction, 2 Kings 7, 9. Then they said to one another, We're not doing right. This day is a day of good news, and we remain silent. If we wait until morning, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. These men knew the news that they had was too good to keep to themselves. They realized to have such good news and not share it was a sin. To know Jesus Christ and not tell others is also a great sin. Listen to the words of Asaph from Psalm 78, verses 1 through 4. Give ear, O my people, to the, my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. The believer, the believer is to declare the good news, just as Asaph tells Israel to share the truths of God. The shepherds did that. Luke 2, 17. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. 
when we have good news, it's hard to keep it to ourselves. Let us look at the reaction this news produced. These shepherds are so overwhelmed with what God has revealed to them, they tell anyone who will listen, and they do it with such enthusiasm. Luke 2.18, And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. This is not surprising. Just think. Think about all those amazing things. There was an imperial decree, an angelic message, a heavenly choir, divine directions, and the one and only sign of God's grace, all, all centering around this one infant lying in a manger. In a line from Heart and Herald Angels saying, we see what is truly amazing in this. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. God in the flesh is the amazing thing in this story. That is what should produce a reaction. The fact that Christ has come in the flesh. Not all the trappings that going around this announcement, going on around this announcement. You had so much going on. Sometimes people get overwhelmed by what's going on and they forget to look at the real message. Christ came in the flesh to do for you what you could never do for yourself. He lived that perfect life, died the atoning death, and won the resurrection victory. When the central truth is understood, it produces not just a reaction, but it produces a heart response. There's no greater message that had ever been given. The message of love and hope supreme. God has sent his only begotten son into this world to do for his people what they can never do for themselves. The promise was clear. This Messiah was to come. He was to live the perfect life that none of us could ever live. He was to keep the law in perfection and because of his fulfillment of that law, his people would be a blessing. They would receive a great blessing. Is there anything you can think of that should cause a greater reaction from the hearts of sinful men. The man who listens to this with an open heart and an understanding mind will see immediately his own sinful condition. He will recognize he can never do what this infant sent from heaven is called to do. He, Jesus Christ, is here to save the souls of everyone who will hear his message and believe on his works. This is the good news that must prevent your tongue from ever being silent. Not only does this good news cause a reaction, it also produces a response in the heart. Verse 19, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary treasured carefully all these things, storing them away in her heart. She remembered what Gabriel told her, what Elizabeth said, what the angel told Joseph. She also had kept in her heart what happened as they arrived at Bethlehem and now what the shepherds report. She was putting them all together in her heart and pondering on them. In other words, she was constantly thinking about them. What did this produce in Mary? It produced faith in the one she bore as the God-man the Savior of his people. 
Remember what she said to the servant at Christ's first miracle in John 2, 2, 5? Do whatever he tells you. This is the testimony of one who knew who he was. Here is proof of the new heart and the exercise of the gift of faith. Mary's prayerfully putting together the things she had experienced, seen, and heard was blessed by God. In the course of time, it produced the results he had determined from eternity. What was that results? It is the complete trust in God and the redemption promised through Jesus Christ. The response that must come to everyone who hears and understands this message is hope and trust in Christ as the one and only Savior. When one receives the new heart and begins to exercise faith, he first recognizes his sinful condition, then he sees the Savior. It is at this point that the shepherds and Mary are shown. Mary, in her heart, is contemplating all that has happened. The shepherds also show they understand. Verse 20. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told. Now, I've told you before, witnessing is very simple. It's just exactly what these men are doing. They're telling what has happened to them, what God has done for them. So if you want to witness to somebody, just tell them about what Christ means to you, what he has done for you. These shepherds, having believed the angels, lift their voices in praise and worship to God. Why? Because all things are just as they had been told. They have heard the good news of great joy. They have checked it out, found it to be true, and believed it. The results of hearing and believing the message of the gospel is always praise and worship. Once we come to understand our own sinful condition and recognize we are completely helpless to save ourselves, then and only then will joy fill our hearts at the knowledge of this one who can save us without our help. The infant these men went to see was the one sent to do for them and for all men who would hear and believe on them this impossible task. He came to live the perfect life in their place. No more do you have to struggle with rules and regulations in order to please God and secure a place with him in heaven. No longer do you have to obey sin and follow its flesh, all of the flesh. Jesus Christ has come, and in his coming, he has freed all who will place their hope and trust in him. It's no wonder these men wanted to tell every one of of this great event because it alone is the message of hope. Why wouldn't you want to share that? It is no wonder that Mary treasured up these things in her heart because they are the divine truths that change lives and manifest God's love, grace, and mercy. I want to go back. I want to go back and look at these things that happened to the shepherds and Mary and make application to your life. Paul tells us in Romans 15:4, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. We study the scripture with a purpose. That purpose is to build up our hope and trust in this wonderful gospel plan of redemption we've been given. First, we look at the action this good news is going to produce. 
It will produce an action in men when they hear it. In this particular case, we are shown the reaction of those that God has called out of darkness into light. Those that have been given a new heart. Upon hearing this message of the one who was sent from heaven to do for you what the things you could never do for yourself, you must make a decision. It becomes decision time. What are you going to do with the good news you have just heard? Do I believe what I'm hearing? Do I really see myself as a sinner lost and without hope? Do I believe I need a Savior or can I do this myself? Does this message really come down from heaven? Is God really the author of this? Those, these shepherds had to make this decision. They listened to the angels. They considered the message and decided to go see these things for themselves. Remember, they were not commanded to go. They made that decision on their own. They decided to check out what they were told. When you hear the gospel, you must check out what it says for yourself. How do you do that? Search your heart. Do you know guilt? Do you see the sin in your life that brings that guilt? Have you been able on your own to remove the guilt to, and to avoid the power of sin? In Augustus Toplady's hymn, Rock of Ages, there's a line that says, Be of sin the double cure. Cleanse me from its guilt and power. These are the things man cannot handle on his own. This is what you must search your heart for and understand. This is what produces the great excitement in the hearts of all who know this message to be true. There is a double cure. Both sin and its guilt are removed. How are they done? How, how do they get removed? Through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. First, as these shepherds listened and then responded to what they heard, so each of you must listen and respond. You must leave everything behind and go on that search. You must forget your own wants and desires. You must leave the cares of this life and seek that great eternal treasure. When you have found it, you must shout from the rooftop your excitement and thankfulness for its wonderful grace. Second, we look at the authentication this message produces in the hearts of all who embrace it. This is the fruit. A changed heart produces. This is what creates this new desire. What is the desire? To tell others of the wonderful peace that has flooded your heart. The desire to make known to all that indeed the gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news of great joy. These shepherds told everyone who would listen about the things they had been told and seen. They weren't shy. They weren't afraid. No. These men were bold. When this good news sinks into the heart and you understand that what, this, what has happened to you came from the grace and mercy of God, the fear of men should begin to fade away. If you have the right heart focus, you become concerned that other people are missing the greatest blessing anyone could ever hope to receive, and your heart should yearn to tell them what they're missing and to show them how to find it.
This in turn will bring a reaction in your heart. The reaction is to the wonderful news that God has brought all this to pass in your life and that you have received his grace based totally upon the work of Jesus Christ. Paul continually reminds you throughout his writings that you are justified by faith and by faith alone. There's no justification apart from Jesus Christ and his belief in him and belief in him. He alone is the savior of the world. No one, no one will enter heaven who has not believed in him and in him alone. From this belief in Christ as your Lord and Savior comes a response. The response is growth in faith. The more you focus on your belief in Christ, the more faith grows. And the more you exercise that faith, the more it grows. This is what we saw in Mary as she pondered the things she heard and experienced. This is what theologians call sanctification. It's the process of dying more and more to self and living more and more to Christ Jesus. This is indeed blessed in your life by God who in the course of time produces the results in you he has determined from eternity. And what is that result? That result is eternal life with him. Where you lift your voice with that multitude of hosts that appeared to the shepherds and declared his praise. In conclusion, we see what good news and great joy is awaiting those who will hear and believe. If you do not have the joy of Christ in your heart today, let me tell you how to find it. Here's the wonderful good news that God has sent his only begotten son into this world to do for you what you could never do for yourself. He came to live the perfect life, to die the atoning death, and to win the resurrection victory. The call is clear. All who hear and understand will be saved from guilt and cleansed of their sin. The call to you this morning is to hear and believe and then to repent of your sins and place your trust in Jesus Christ and in him alone. There is joy for all who will respond to this message and go forth telling others of his power and grace. Let's pray. Gracious God, we gather before you to raise our voices in thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ. We come as those who have heard your gospel and love you because in the beginning you called us to come to you through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, and through belief in the truth. You gave us your gospel so we could tell others about the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Lord, grant us the grace we need to repeat this glorious message of our Lord's birth. Please help us to grow in our love of this gospel, minister in our hearts, and encourage us in Christ's name. Amen.